I want to talk to you seriously. Men, are you pregnant? Can you afford it? Have you thought about American financing? (laughs) Just getting a new mortgage for your home. That way, you'll be able to fly as a man, as a woman, as a man who's having a baby who might be a woman. I'm not sure anymore. But you could fly to some of the greatest back alleys in America. Please consider American financing. Sure, you could pay down your debt. You could save a lot of money every month, maybe even $1,000 a month. But you could also get your male back alley abortions. I mean, it's up to you. After all, it's your body, your choice. It's a choice between you and your doctor. And it's nobody's business. Uh, By the way, you have to get a vaccine right away. Um, American Financing, call them right now. Save a lot of money. 800-906-2440. AmericanFinancing.net. Going to be an interesting show today. Bill O'Reilly is on and Mr. Larry Elder joins us in hour number three. So you don't want to miss it. Welcome to the program. Uh, I hate to talk about the Texas abortion law only because that really accomplishes everything that the left and the media want. And that is that we stop talking about the abortion that is Afghanistan. Don't worry. We have all of that covered today. And we also have Larry Elder joining us and Mr. Bill O'Reilly. So we are going to start with... Oh my God! What do we do? The freak out over the Texas heartbeat law. We do that in 60 seconds because it's Friday. The Glenn Beck Program. Yeah, it is. Let me tell you about Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Your last chance to save big on brand new custom window treatments with Blinds.com's Labor Day sale. That's right. It's Labor Day. Stu, have you already put all of your white, your white shoes, your white belt, your white pants into the closet for into the cedar closet? As people say, I am fashion. Yeah, I know, uh, I know. And, and those white shoes, man, they have looked good. Those thank you, nice penny loafers, those white, you know, saddle shoes—they're beautiful on you. My completely white skin yes. is also something. It is weird because you stand against a wall when you're wearing <laughs> the white clothes. And I can't, I, it looks like a wig is just pinned to the wall and eyes. <laughs> and it wouldn't look that way with you because your hair would just blend into the white. All right. Anyway, blinds.com, <laughs> their Labor Day sales event right now. You get the uh, end of the season doorbuster deals and the lowest prices on outdoor shades, faux wood blinds, and so many, uh, so much more. With deals this good, you can upgrade your whole house with the latest styles, premium materials, even motorization, which is really nice. I talked to Stu's wife, Lisa. She's put one, a motorized uh, set of blinds, right <laughs> down the middle of their bed, and it's nice. 
that's what she says. That's what she says. You I laugh, don't know. but I had the Blinds.com people out yesterday. Did you? Yeah. We, yeah. we, we uh, have Blinds going up in several new rooms. Uh, really? Blinds.com. They were just out yesterday doing all the measuring and stuff because mm. I'm completely incompetent, even though yeah. they say if you screw it up, they I've can fix it. it. I've actually yeah. measured, and I am incompetent, but and you, it worked. Yes, but you don't have to no, depend you don't on have yourself, to. No. luckily. So how is that working for your wife with the bedroom? It's, I think it's going to be great for yeah. her. I okay. think it's going to be great for her, honestly. Look, uh, we can, you know, do what we do, but I don't want to look at you. <laughs> Blinds.com, save up to 45% Oops. off everything site-wide. Can't blame her. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's really true, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. My wife has a lead shield. <laughs> but anyway, Blinds.com for 45% off. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, I might have a few things to point out about the Texas abortion bill. I might. I might. I might. Uh, Things like it's my body, my choice. Right? Right? Hey, this is between me and my doctor and it's none of your business. Right? Okay? Just like to point out unless it's about the vaccine. Then it's not a choice, and it's not your body, and it's not between you and your doctor. That's interesting, because I see it the opposite way. The only thing between you and your doctor is, is abortion. Everything else is, uh, is purview of Obamacare. Yeah, I know. Or everything. I know. Like, they want to be involved in every everything. one of your medical decisions, yeah. with the exception of abortion. Well, l- give them time. I think they might start imposing... <laughs> Abortions. Abortion mandates? Yes, abortion yes. mandates. Do you have your abortion uh, passport? Uh, now, <laughs> yes. let me ask you this, Stu. Yes. Have you noticed the narrative about how evil this is for women? For women? Yeah, how horrible this is yeah. for women. I mean, it's just... Oh, well. And I am deeply offended because what about all the men that are, have to... Because... Men can have abortions, too. If men can get pregnant, Mm -hmm. men can have abortions, too. How dare you make this to genderize this entire (laughs) conversation? It makes me sick. This is like where the two liberal arguments drive into an intersection and slam into each other in the middle. I don't know what you're to work. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just saying Men can get pregnant, too. And are you expecting men to have what? It's okay for men to have back alley abortions because they're men. (laughs) Is that what you're saying? You people make me sick. Oh, now the federal government has decided. uh, Nancy Pelosi says they're uh, they're passing a bill uh, in the federal government to stop a state from doing what the state feels is right. Uh, This is something I like to call the 10th Amendment. Hmm. Now, that would require you to read beyond the Second Amendment or even to know that there's something called the Bill of Rights. But I digress. Uh, So let's, let's look into how this is being shaped. This story... Uh, is uh, from Fort Worth. 67 abortions in 17 hours. Inside a Texas clinic's race to beat a new six-week abortion ban. 
Wow. 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 What an accomplishment. It is this, something uh, you strive for, isn't it? All abortion. <laughs> All abortions must go now. It's an abortion clearinghouse weekend. <laughs> it's crazy. I think though that downplays the heroism of, of this the doctors. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I hope you understand. May I? Yeah. May I talk about the heroism here? Just Please. a second, because Thank it's you. outlined in the story. Okay. It was 8 p.m. on Tuesday when Marva Sadler looked at the patients waiting in the lobby. Had a list of patients waiting to return, and even more patients waiting outside in cars surrounded by protesters, and realized they just might not get to everyone tonight. Now, let me tell you something. <laughs> that is one busy ass abortion place. I mean, they, they, there's a problem in that neighborhood. They pack them in. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean, it's like. In. It's, I mean, it, it's like, uh, you know, at a, before a hurricane, there's no water on the shelves. Everybody's just running to the abortion clinic. Oh, my God! I got an abortion! <laughs> well, in, in their defense, I don't think they typically do this many abortions, but people were trying to get it in before the deadline. Sure, sure. It's like April 15th. Right. rush to the mailbox. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Except you're not putting things into the mailbox. You're taking things out of the mailbox. <laughs> oh, no. Sadly. And there's. Uh, no, it's, no, I don't okay. think you need to expand Sadly. on that joke. <laughs> of all the things you need to revisit. I don't I think. Just, I just want to make sure it was clear. Got it. The director of clinical services and her colleagues did the math. They needed to perform eight abortions an hour with only one doctor. Does this sound like one of those math problems in a sick, sick world? (laughs) You're in third grade. This is the new problem solving math. You need to perform eight abortions an hour with only one doctor on duty. He's very old, who has been working since 7 a.m. How many abortions can you do? (laughs) Outside, chants came in through a bullhorn, protesters shouting prayer verses. Oh, my god. Okay, gosh. this person, this person does, this person has never been around a Christian or a person. A prayer verse? Yeah. Okay, a Bible verse <laughs> or a prayer? A prayer But verse. I've never heard, give me a G, give me an O, give me a D. <laughs> God's with us. I don't, I've not heard that before. Well, you weren't at this abortion clinic. <laughs> <laughs> Using the bullhorn. <clears throat> uh, they were shouting prayer verses and arguing the clinic was too full. Already the police had been called. The fire marshal would come twice over capacity issues inside the clinic. Employees would see protesters through their security cameras and through the windows of their small brick building. They're watching us. They're watching us, Sadler thought. And they're winning. Inside, she looked at her team. Eight people, total, between the techs and the front office staff. The doctor and the three staff members from a nearby clinic they brought in to help. Well, why why didn't they just send some of these people over to the nearby clinic? I mean... This poor old doctor. She asked, she asked them, just take a deep breath. We're not the bad guys here. We're doing everything right, and we're trying to help everyone we can. If there's someone we can't help, it's not our fault. Well, actually, it is. There are 67 other patients that you're going to be taking out and killing, and those ones are directly your fault. Mm. 
So I just thought I'd throw that out. After midnight on Wednesday, Texas Senate Bill 8 became law effectively banning abortions after six weeks of gestation, a time when most people aren't even aware they're pregnant. Republican state lawmakers had fought to claw back abortion access before. In 2013, an anti-abortion bill banned the procedure in Texas 20 weeks post-fertilization and put a series of new regulations on abortion providers. Parts of the law were ultimately overturned by the Supreme Court. It was Whole Women's Health, an abortion provider with clinics in five states that sued that case to take it to court. Sadler had been at the center of that fight as well. What a hero. She really is. Yeah. She really is. Well, they found out that the court wasn't going to step in before this law took place. The staff worked without stopping to eat. You know, it's weird. Um, I've always thought of those people that were shoving people into the ovens, you know, hmm. and I thought, how do you break from that and take a lunch break? You know, where do you sit? Do you sit on, you know, do you, do you sit in where you're like just talking to Joe who's now shoveling the bodies into the ovens? And you're like, hey, Joe, I just got to take a break. I'm going to eat my bologna sandwich. Uh, you know, yeah. where do they sit? That's How do ugly. they eat? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like that. They didn't eat. They continued hmm. shifting patients in and out of rooms in the lobby. People who had been waiting five hours or more asked when they would be called they had to pick up their kids. I've got to go pick up my kids. Can I please get my abortion? Please, I've been waiting here for five hours. This is back, Allie. My gosh, what is this Bangladesh? Their ride was leaving. Oh, no. You know, I've been asked a lot of things. And the one thing I really hate is, can you take me to the airport? No, it's Uber. Okay, call an Uber. But if one more friend says to me, can you drive me and wait for me at the abortion clinic? I hate that. Super common. Super common. Super, super common. Anyway, their ride was leaving. Their family members who were outside because of coronavirus regulations knocked on the front door to see what is happening. Would they be seen? Or is my loved one going to be turned away? Oh, my gosh. One young woman arrived at her first appointment to the clinic that same night. She was a drug user, she told Sadler, and she was set to begin serving a five-year prison sentence in a week. She already had three children at home. She didn't want to deliver a baby in jail. Please help me kill it. Now, this is a nice story. It's an honorable story, and they keep saying things like it. And every once in a while, you need to remind yourself what it is, which is ending the life of a human being. <laughs> it's like this, like super on the it's like an episode of 24 you know you can hear the clock ticking and they're just rushing to get all these abortions done oh, before the deadline there it is there it is there it is i mean she was going to jail she already three had three kids she was a drug user now some might think that that would be good for the baby to be delivered in jail because she wouldn't be shooting up or doing whatever it is she's doing she by the way is not a drug user she is a person with a drug substance issue <laughs> right we, okay we learned that yesterday from the <laughs> cdc she dropped to her knees on the cold tile floor in front of sadler begging her to take her to perform the abortion but in texas Patients have to wait a full 24 hours for their first appointment to get an abortion. The woman was 12 weeks pregnant, and on Wednesday, she'd be too far along to get the procedure. It was 
That woman, Sadler thought about later as she drove away from the clinic, the adrenaline of the day washed away by waves of sadness and pain, the knowledge that no matter what she did, she couldn't help everyone. She couldn't perform every abortion asked. Oh, gosh, I just it's crushing to hear the pain she must be going through, which is different than the pain the babies have when they when the poison's injected into their heart or or their limbs are ripped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, clinic workers got to everyone they were legally allowed to treat. In 17 hours, they had performed 67 abortions. They'd seen 60 people who had taken medication to abort at home. And to confirm, yes, the process was complete. And they wouldn't be left in limbo. No, I think the babies go to limbo. Right? The abortion doctors just go to hell. I th- Is that... <laughs> Oh, did I say you're that? Not, you're not their job. I better so. take a. I better take a break. I've gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> you give me another minute, and and I'll start saying crazy things like, "No, men can't be pregnant." Mm. But because I'm still sane, I know they can be, and that's why I'm so mad at the media. How dare you only focus on the women at these abortion clinics? How many men are going to be affected by this too? How dare you? Back in 60 seconds. Here's a fun fact. We're all getting older every day. And, you know, when you're young, you don't think about that. And you think, ah, yeah, that's just old people. And then you start to realize, I'm 50, I'm not old, and this sucks. May I suggest Relief Factor? It's not a drug. It was developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try Relief Factor go on to buy more because it works for them. Try the three-week quick start trial pack for only $19.95. You don't have anything to lose. Okay, 20 bucks. But in three weeks, you're going to know. Am I part of that 70% where I can live without pain? Call Relief Factor now, relieffactor.com or 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384. Call them now, 10 seconds, station ID. They had performed 67 abortions. And they'd seen 60 people who had taken medication to abort at home. So they, they did 127 killings in one night. In one night. And I think that is, wow. that is beautiful. Efficient. It's beautiful. That is efficient. Uh, she said, yes, the process was complete. For a moment, I'm still quoting the article. For a moment, they were all able to savor it. To what? Savor it. To savor it. 127 people that will not be born that should have been born, and they yeah. were doing they what were, with it? They were savoring it. They were savoring the, the day? For the moment, they mm. were able to savor it. Sadler, Sadler looked at the doctor mm. and told him physicians half his age wouldn't have been able to do what he did. Mm. Mm. You Even know, I think he, almost everybody wouldn't have been able to do what he did. I don't care. The, I, the, the most in shape, acute person would not be able to do what he did i think that's a fair statement even if he had only performed one abortion it would have been a victory oh it would have been an incredible win what a win for society for humanity itself protesters were still out there wednesday oh no before settler arrived at 7 a.m 
Her staff was visibly drained from the day before, shuffling through the hallways and talking in low voices. There were 77 people on their roster for that day. Some of them real, some of them, Sadler suspects, protesters who called to make fake appointments to see if they could gain intel on what the clinic was telling its patients. Sadler knew she'd have to go out and say something <laughs> uplifting to her team. If you can't trust your abortion patients, who can you trust? Sadler knew, well, that woman, that good, gracious woman that was going to prison. That's trust her. Mm -hmm, To trust her. Uh, Sadler knew she would have to go out and say something uplifting to her team, even as she knew this would be the day where she would have to deny people care. She kept thinking how unfair that those women yesterday were helped and the women today. Damn it. I'm going to insert this. The men and women that are pregnant today (laughs) don't have any help it was only 10 a.m no health no health for them i mean obviously they could go to any of the other 49 states and get it done in probably five minutes oh my gosh what on their horse do you know how long it takes to get to another state well i mean a flight really from anywhere oh yeah now we're now we're booking private flights 30 minutes yeah you don't need to be private could be going you know southwest really like you're gonna slum it on southwest This is a person that needs an abortion, man. It needs life flight. But they'd have to pay for the abortion. death flight. But what? They have to pay for the abortion because these places are (sighs) No, no, there are places that will pick you up and take you to other states. Uh, Okay. (laughs) But other than that, they're totally restricted from getting their abortion. And you know why they're having an abortion, quite honestly? Because we don't pay for birth control. Uh-huh. Because of that damn Cory Gardner. He got rid of all birth... birth what? Cory Gardner banned birth control? Yes. <laughs> Did you go to the supermarket lately? Have you looked at the condom aisle? There's, no, there's none to be found. Damn Cory Gardner. <laughs> you don't have any idea what we're talking about if you haven't been a long-term listener yeah, to the show. True, but I guess. About, what, 10 years ago, there was this crazy commercial running against Cory Gardner, who was running for something, Congress, Senate, I think, yeah. Senate. Mm-hmm. And uh, the commercial was, Cory Gardner's banned birth control. What? <laughs> he wants to ban birth control. That's right, sweetie. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right, sweetheart. It was only 10 a.m., And already she had turned four people away, some as early in their pregnancies as five weeks and six days. Why'd you turn them around? Why'd you turn them out? Like five weeks and six days. That was the day you could do it. That was the day before the heartbeat. Just a clump of cells. Why did you turn them waiting? I think there's a waiting period, which is why. Oh, that's right. Because you have to have a 24. They get you every time, don't they? They sure do. Man, it's like a shiv. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you might be thinking and waiting and thinking the GenuCell summer blowout sale will last forever. There's no rush, of course, but unfortunately there is a rush. We've seen these deadlines just creep up on you and they have these exciting narratives and, and that's yeah. the thing with the GenuCell summer sale as well <sighs> is I there a 24 hour waiting period <laughs> I don't know okay only last this week though during uh, this time all packages 50% off online orders only at GenuCell.com mm. 50% off classics including GenuCell for eye bags and puffiness this is the best in skincare GenuCell eyelid lift and the legendary anti-aging moisturizer mm. GenuCell XV your order 
includes GenuCell's customer favorite vitamin C deep firming serum free at checkout. You're going to see skin smooth as silk and free from redness and sunspots are going to disappear before your eyes. And you might think to yourself, I don't believe that. I'm a skeptic. I am a skeptic. You I don't be. believe that. That's okay. Here's the thing. What? 100% of your money back if it doesn't shut, work for you. Shut up. So take advantage of the sale while it lasts. Remember, it's only this week. Holy cow. GenuCell.com. Enter Beck30 at checkout for wow. an extra 30 bucks off and free shipping. Results guaranteed or you get 100% of your money back. That's great. Go to GenuCell.com. Beck30 is the code. All right. Don't miss me on today's episode of uh, Dave Rubin. And you can find Dave Rubin at theblaze.com What is she doing? Does she know that we were recording this session? Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. It's Friday. Bill O'Reilly is coming up. Also, the one and only Larry Elder, which, by the way, I just want to let you know, the mainstream media says no chance, no chance. It's a runaway right now for Gavin Newsom. It was close. Now it's not. However, they are using uh, voting machines. I'll tell you what kind of voting you can guess. I'll tell you what kind of voting machines coming up in uh, just a little while. But they are concerned. The Democrats are concerned that there might be some funny business going on with the voting machines. They're not sure this vote will be secure. Uh, We'll bring you up to speed on uh, on that. And it's a good thing. You know, these progressives, California leads the way they lead the way. Okay. And it is I am so happy to see that California finally is, you know, since what, 1849 finally has a legitimate candidate that is black, but he's racist. I mean, I don't know if you saw this. I I don't remember the news source. Uh, I think it was Babylon something. Apparently, they have a photo of Larry Elder in his in his uh, high school yearbook with blackface. (laughs) How could you possibly have that guy in California? Actually, I think that's the way you get to be a governor in this country right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's actually going to be a real positive for you. Might be. You Mm -hmm. might be. Or you could just go to Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me give you a a couple of uh, pieces of news here. Let's uh, stay on the abortion thing for just a minute. Cut four. This is Saki uh, answering an abortion question. Listen to this. Following up on the sexist law, why does the president support abortion when his own Catholic faith teaches abortion is morally wrong? He believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. Why does the president, who does he believe then should look out for the unborn child? He believes that it's up to a woman to make those decisions uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, nor have you ever been pregnant. But for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. The president believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. I think we got to move on. Wow. I am so offended. I am so offended. How dare them? Mm. Men can be pregnant, too. And a man who has been pregnant several times. Lieutenant Colonel Scott Mann, uh, I'm hearing now he's not been pregnant several times. Well, I don't know what's wrong with him. Former Green Beret commander and leader of Task Force Pineapple. Welcome to the welcome to the program, Scott. How are you? Let me get my second, my breath for a second. 
ready. Oh, you breathing Thanks. exercises. Are you pregnant now? Is that <laughs> Breathing. <laughs> yeah, how are you? I'm very good. Hey, uh, I had um, I have Tim Kennedy on uh, today on my podcast, and I was talking to him yesterday. And you know the the suicide rate is already crazy of uh, of Afghani um, war fighters uh, on our side. Yeah. And um, he, he I, I said to him. You know, I just was talking to a guy who's on my staff. He's my chief researcher. He was a Marine. He was one of the first people in. He was off the coast of um, uh, Australia when the towers fell. And so he was one of the first people in. And yesterday I'm talking to him and all of a sudden he just gets choked up and starts to cry. And we weren't talking about things that were that um he just he just said you know uh, so i just question what i've done i just question everything uh, can we talk about yeah. that scott how can we yeah, help you know do you know the, the the i'm seeing the same thing with our volunteers who you know the the, the on the pineapple express who these retired special operators um combat infantrymen marines who volunteered to help their brothers and sisters who they had served with they got re-triggered again i mean i talked with a vietnam veteran yesterday glenn who's basically had to watch um saigon fall twice mm. you know um and you know the, the level of moral injury that our veteran population and their families and our gold stars have endured post 9 11 alone um, you know, 800,000 who fought in Iraq. It, it is, it is, it is really rough. And when you see, you know, people are, I think people are astounded to see the way we come together around honoring this promise. But I think it's because people finally are hungry for something that gives meaning to what we did. And that's yes. why I sent you that video, the man in the arena is because the only person that gets to assign meaning to a lived experience in combat is the person who lived it. And that's important to remember. So for, for people who don't know, um, can you just quickly tell the story of, uh, you know, Pineapple Rescues, what you guys have done? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, it just started with one friend of mine named Nizam, who I'd served with in Afghanistan. He was an Afghan commando. He went to our, Af- uh, our American Green Beret course. He had applied for his SIV visa. It didn't get approved. And he was in duress, hiding in his uncle's um, a, a apartment in Kabul. And it was clear he was going to be executed as, as Kabul was overrun by the Taliban. So a couple of us, Green Berets, ABC reporter James Meek and uh, Congressman Waltz's staffer, we got together on the phone and we just started uh, coordinating. And we found a plan uh, to basically help get people to help move him through the city, get him close to the gate. We called people inside the gate and, and started coordinating that way they recognized that this guy was a commando he needed to be pulled in and they gave him the word pineapple as a code word and he used it got pulled through and that is how we got to be known as task force pineapple and then we just brought other seals other green berets into our midst task force duncourt did the same thing team america and it was just a group of volunteers who were working to save their brothers and sisters and honor a promise and and it was all about just you know fulfilling on what we said we would do the way they showed up for us so when you um when you said earlier i want you to go into moral injury you're the first person that i have heard say this and it has really stuck with me but i'd like you to explore that and explain the moral injury that is happening uh, to right now to almost everybody who has fought at all in afghanistan 
Yeah, I mean, a moral injury, you know, is, is I think is one of the worst injuries that we can incur, uh, whether it's in combat or not, and because it's the kind of injury injury that scars the soul, you know, and and there's no deeper wound than that when the soul is scarred when you when you have to take action that runs counter to your moral compass, and you know, combat throws the, that at us all the time, and and politicians make it particularly. Uh, challenging because of the policies and bureaucrat, bureaucratic approaches that they lay on top of, you know, what should be, you know, the humanity of honoring a promise. And again, this, 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 is, this is every administration I served under for the whole Afghan war. We faced moral injury after moral injury as we executed our orders. And, and now, though, I think this is the ultimate. I mean, any veteran will look at this. I think any citizen will look at this and go, oh, no, no, no. This is what my parents taught me when I was in kindergarten. Oh, yeah. You don't lead your and, and to violate that, I believe, if we violate this, if we don't stand together as a nation, we are running off a cliff, cliff toward, you know, an abyss of moral injuries that will haunt us the rest of our days, both as a collective and as individuals. Scott, I don't know if you've ever heard me say this before. The audience is so probably so sick of hearing this story, but it is so it, it, I understand it fully right now. When I went over to Auschwitz, I talked to uh, uh, one of the righteous among the nations. She was 16 years old. She started saving Jews with her mom and dad um, because of her. She, when I asked her um, about 10 years ago, what do we do to to water that seed that's in all of us? She said to me, you misunderstand. The righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with everyone else. This is what you're this is what you're talking about. Now, these people, all of us know what our parents taught us, what we don't leave people behind. Our word is our bond, all of these things. And if we accept this, we will go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. It is so important for people to stand and do not move from that principle. Once you do, you, it's very hard to come back. It's very, and this is not about Republican or Democrat, mask or no mask. This is about a level of humanity and doing what our gut and our solar plexus tells us to do. Oh. Our body knows what to do, and we have to trust that. Okay, so Scott, you are. Let's. I'm just putting myself now into somebody who's currently serving. And you had to stand there and your gut said, this is wrong, but you did the right thing by not uh, violating a legal order from the president. We, we have to have that discipline in our military. So what do they do to get past this and how can we help? I yeah, I, I think a lot. This is my belief is I think a lot of it has to do with storytelling. I think that, you know, societies for thousands of years have used storytelling to assimilate. I mean, that's actually the nonprofit that I run and what I've focused my eight years on since retirement before all this happened. And I can't wait to get back to is helping our warriors tell the story. I mean, they need the, the scars. I call it the generosity of scars. You know, the scars they've endured. Um, are, are actually are, are healing and, and in the form of stories can help guide the rest of us to, to, to better days and show us what leadership looks like. Our veterans are doing that now. And I think as a society, the more that we can uh, empower our veterans to tell us their stories and to listen to their wisdom, the, to the lived experience that they've been through. I mean, it's, 
you know, the scars that we have are, are the greatest assets we have in this world. And, and veterans right now are pushing them down because they think that there's something wrong with them or they think that there's something, you know, um, immoral about them. And they, the, the fact of the matter is they're the finest humans on the planet. Oh. And as, as a society, we need to give them the permission and the stage and the microphone, however that shakes out, to tell those stories and share them with us and, and come home. You know, we never even let our Vietnam veterans come home. And, and, and this is, I believe, narrative and, and story exchange is one of the most powerful things we can do as a society. I, I will tell you, I, one, of my, one, of my, one of my more powerful memories is probably 20 years ago now. It was right after uh, 9-11. We were sending people into war, and I did something called, what was that, uh, Stu? America... Uh, I don't remember, but we went across the nation and I in the whole rally rally for America. And it was the whole point was we cannot dishonor if we are going to choose to go to war. We have to be for there for our soldiers in the good times and bad. And we must not repeat the mistakes of of Vietnam. And we did a big uh, we did a big event. And I remember a Vietnam veteran coming up to me. And he shook my hand and it was the first time that anybody had shook my hand and you know how you do the um, uh, challenge coins, but his was his medal uh, from Vietnam and he shook my hand and in tears he said, this is the first time I have felt welcomed home since Vietnam. Yeah, you know, that's true, Glenn. And, you know, I actually, for, for the storytelling piece, I wrote a play about the war uh, called Last Out. This was before any of this happened through our nonprofit and to complete my midlife crisis, I, I, I started acting with a group of other combat veterans and we took it on the road and we went to all these different cities and we would, and the whole idea was to do storytelling, like, you know, old school storytelling from the stage so that people in the audience could actually experience and feel, you know, what my character, Master Sergeant Danny Patton, the Green Beret and his family went through in this long war and, and his relationship with the Afghans. Now it's very haunting to see it, but but we, I can't tell you that the one Green Beret Sergeant Major's sister, she stood up and she said in our talk back, you know, thank you for showing me in 90 minutes what my baby brother's been trying to tell me for five years. Mm. And, you know, it really is in the realm of narrative that, that we can heal. And, and we're going to have to find a way to do that. We're going to have to find a way to do that as a nation. We're going to have to find a way to do that for our veterans. Um, you know, and I'm really looking to, like, I, I hope that our political leaders, I hope that our thought leaders will look at what our combat veterans are doing right now. You know, while everybody else has gotten really furious, they've gotten to work and they're showing us, they're literally showing us in real time what leadership looks like. I mean, they're modeling it for us in spite of all that they've been through. Some of them are re-triggering themselves in order to honor this promise. And I just hope that we take note of it and we steer away from that cliff as a collective because it, it, it could it could be our last chance and i know that's dramatic but i'm not even kidding i i agree with you um lieutenant uh, colonel scott mann retired former green beret commander leader of task force pineapple you can follow him uh at rooftop leader on twitter and his website operationrecovery.org. scott thank you so much for being on the program All right, if you're a homeowner, you know a thing or two about stability and hard work, about sacrifice and desire. Owning a home is an anchor of stability in your life. It is the thing that allows us to grow and to grow our wealth. Owning a home, it is quintessentially America. It's where you make your memories with your family, but it does come at a cost. And if you've been paying on a mortgage for any length of time, you know what I mean. So let me ask you. 
What is the mortgage costing you? That's the percentage of interest. How much? Is it 4% or more? Even down into the threes? If it is, you need to give the mortgage consultants at American Financing a call today. They know what they're doing. They're not in it for the bank. They're, they're in it for you. They have still the family-owned and operated values that they've always had for the last 20 years. If you are needing a loan anywhere, coast to coast, they have you covered. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Tim Kennedy is on with me. Uh, for our podcast, it is available now on the Blaze. It is one of the most positive podcasts I have heard. This guy is fantastic, and I know many people in the audience are like, "Hello, Glenn." Yes, uh, but he's an MMA fighter. I mean, I don't know anything about MMA. Uh, it was it was a little girly uh, with my interview with him, uh, not on his side, um, but he's got a great sense of humor. Uh, he's a real life Captain America. He has seven incredibly successful businesses um, and uh, uh, special forces. He's one of the guys who has been helping with the Nazarene Fund, and we've been helping them get people out. I mean, it's incredible. This is a don't miss podcast available right now uh, at blazetv.com, or it's tomorrow. It will be released for the general public wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. Uh, This is a don't miss podcast. You want to feel good and positive and for a reason? Watch the Tim Kennedy podcast today or tomorrow.